Hey everyone, before we jump into today's topic in this new episode, I just want to take a minute to share with you about our masterminds. We are currently accepting applications for all of our masterminds for 2019. So now is the time for you to start thinking about how are you going to grow in 2019 and who is going to help you get there. So we have masterminds at three different levels or three different options, essentially, depending on what phase of business you're in. If you are just dreaming of getting back into practice after raising your family, or you've just started your own practice, the right mastermind for you is the Inspired Women Mastermind. We also do some group coaching, Dr. Shauna and I, in this mastermind. So it's not like you've got to show up and know everything and have all the right answers. We are there to help you and guide you and support you along the way. The next level is the Elevated Women Mastermind. This is for women who are in what we call the ramp-up phase of business. You're hovering around the six-figure mark. Maybe you've already hit it or you're getting close of revenue in your business annually. And the trick with this phase of business is that there is so much to do. It feels so overwhelming and it can be really it can feel really uncertain. How in the world are you going to continue to grow when you're already so overwhelmed? So if that's you, the Elevated Women Mastermind is for you. The focus of this mastermind is to help you delegate, automate, delete, so that you can continue to grow your business without continuing to grow your sense of overwhelming. And then lastly is our Elite Women mastermind. And this mastermind is for women who have a team of you plus at least two others in your practice. And you've already hit six figures or more annually in your practice as well. This mastermind is unique in that it is a 12 month commitment. And Dr. Shauna and I both offer one one one-to-one session for each of our members in the elite women mastermind. Plus we will have a very special, but optional retreat for these members. So if that's you, then head over to alignedwomen.com forward slash work with us. And you can check out more details there and apply for the mastermind that is the right fit for you. Welcome to the Aligned Women Podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman. We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 80 of the Aligned Women podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Dr. Danielle, how are you doing today? I am good. I'm good. Yes. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, really good. I'm very excited about our topic today, which is, does a small practice always mean small money? This is a very like near and dear to our hearts topic. It is. I think that this is a really interesting topic, if nothing else. Uh, we're going to talk about what it means essentially to be able to earn the income that you want to earn without having a lot of stress, a lot of overhead and, um, and just being able, like being able to do things differently if you want to do them differently. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was in chiropractic college, um, 
I began chiropractic college in 1996 and I graduated in 2000. And when I was in chiropractic college, I only knew of one way to do practice. I only saw one model and that was basically go out, rent a space, you know, a let's say a 1200 to 1800 square foot space, have room for you and possibly another practitioner or some uh, other holistic practitioners. You have your CA or a team of CAs. Um, and you basically ended up with an overhead that required you. I mean, absolutely required you to see a certain significant volume of patients in order to be able to just simply pay your bills every month. I never knew, I, it never even occurred to me that there were other people doing it any other way. And so when Craig and I started our practice, that's really how we did it. And we're still in the same practice. So we still own that practice, <clears throat> excuse me. And it costs us probably about in the range of ten dollars to $14,000 a month to operate it. That's like, that's a big price tag. And now that I'm in this little practice, so I have my own sort of satellite office of our practice. I lease my space here for $400 a month. I don't have very many other expenses on top of that because I don't have a team. Everything that I do is automated with online patient management programs, booking, all that stuff. Um, all of my systems are really automated. And so the profit that I make in a month is it's getting near to the profit that Craig makes in a month in a very different style of practice. And it just, it just has to do with a completely different model. And I think it's been amazing getting to know so many other women in the aligned women community who are doing really cool things with their practices. And so I think it just, it's worth talking about that there are so many different models Yes. And that's an important thing too, before we go further into the discussion is that there's not one right way nope. to, to set up your practice. But our point here is to be intentional about your model of success. Is this really a success to you or are you chasing someone else's version of success? Because you can really, if, if you really want to have a big team and a big space that you, that you um, operate out of, go for it. If that's what makes you happy and you find joy in that. For me, when I started my first practice, I narrowed it down to two different locations. And one location was about a mile and a half from my house. And the rent there was $600 a month. And it was just a 600 square foot space. It was literally just like a rectangle. There were no walls to separate rooms or anything on the inside. And I was like, no problem. I can make this work. I'll put up some dividers. I'll like go really low cost and just get started. And then as my business grows, I'll make changes as I need them. And I loved this space because there were, there were four walls, but two of them were just full windows. Mm. And I love that because for all the years that I had been in chiropractic school, plus then working at the chiropractic school, I had no windows. <laughs> my classroom was in a basement and then my office had no windows. It was like a closet. And prior to chiropractic school, I worked in retail and I was in the mall. So there were no windows. And so for like a decade, I didn't see sunlight most of the time. <laughs> and I was like, windows. Yes, I love this. Um, plus, you know, the distance from home made it really simple and easy in my mind as 
a mom of a little one at that time, just one little one, to be able to just like run down the road if I needed to, to go home, to hang out with her, to feed her. Um, you know, it just gave me a lot of flexibility, at least in my mind. The mm-hmm. other option was a space that was three times bigger. So of course the rent was at least three times higher and the expenses that came along with that were much higher too. And my male mentors, two of them specifically came and looked at the spaces and they both said, you're not thinking big enough. This little space, you'll outgrow it so quickly when you're seeing 60 patients a day, this won't work anymore. And I was like, "Mm, well, I don't know if I want to see 60 patients a day ever. Um, but I guess they're right. So I went with a bigger space and, you know, honestly, if regrets are allowed, I regretted that decision. I, I feel somewhat still resentful about that decision too. Although I'm, you know, overall happy with how things have played out over the last decade of practice. I look back and think, man, things would have been a lot different if I had chosen that smaller space that was closer to home, that gave me more flexibility and a lot less pressure with having to build my business quickly um, because the expenses would have been a lot lower. And I think that's, that's part of the problem is when we're in chiropractic college, nobody, there was no other woman, no mom who sat me down and said, listen, things are going to change for you when you have kids. You have no idea what it's going to be like, the different decisions that you're going to have to make, the, the ways you're going to be pulled between practice, between you know, being with your kids. Um, And I think that's the thing. We just can't really conceive of what the end game is going to look like when our life is not like we are as a chiropractic college student, right? I I was young and single and I had all the freedom in the world. And by the time I graduated from chiropractic college, I had a newborn. So, you know, my my life as a practitioner was very, very different than I thought it was going to be in chiropractic college. And I couldn't even really, I couldn't imagine what it was going to be like. But the problem was nobody ever tried to tell me. And the reason this conversation is coming up and we, we decided on this topic for this episode is because we talk to women all the time who are in a specific model of practice and it's just not working for them as moms. And so they're looking for, how do I get out of it? How do I scale back? How do I make changes? Um, You know, I just read a post in one of our private Facebook groups for one of our mastermind groups this morning that totally lit up my soul when I read it. You know, she has a, you know, a big, big bill, big ticket practice. And uh, she's talking about, she's just found some really cool, homes in town that have commercial space on the main floor and living space above. And she's talking about the possibility of their family moving into a space like that so that she can have a home office practice. They want to have another baby. So she's thinking from a, you know, what's it going to look like with our second? It's already like this with our first and I'm really feeling pulled and I hate having the overhead that I have, but here's a different scenario that could allow me to still have a great practice, but literally be downstairs from from my home so I can go back and forth to nurse or look after my kids or whatever the case is and that's the awesome thing is the number of moms who are stepping out and saying you know what I don't want to be stressed all the time I don't want to feel like I'm burning out I don't want the overwhelm I'm tired of trying to be 
everywhere all at the same time and do everything all at the same time. I need to simplify and having an office overhead of eight to 10 plus thousand a month just does not work into those plans. So how am I going to do it? And that's really what this episode is about. It is all about the ratio of expenses to revenue. And when you can make your revenue just way higher than your expenses, that's called profit. And really, it's all about profit. And you can have a wildly profitable practice that is very tiny. Yeah, it's really actually surprising. (laughs) Like um, how much more profitable I am in practice now than I was when I had a 1500 square foot office. Mm -hmm. Me too. It's, it's amazing. And the thing is, we have things available to us now that we didn't have back then. I used to have paper travel cards that went on a clipboard when I first started in practice. I pretty much had to have a chiropractic assistant. I, there's no way that I could have, you know, a phone ringing or my, my phone almost never rings for the practice because everything is done through texting, messaging, email, or just people going online. And, you know, if somebody is sick or they can't make their appointment and they need to rearrange it, they can just go online and they can rebook it and I get a notification of it. So we have things that are available to us now that make it so much easier. But the other thing is, and I say this all the time in our mastermind groups, one of the most amazing things that I find about our profession is that chiropractic has such amazing margins. Like, you know, you add one more new patient to your practice and all of a sudden your profit margin just, it goes up so much more. We can really, we can leverage those margins in such a fantastic way if we can keep our expenses down. And to be honest, you can see a good volume of people in a very, very tiny space. I'm looking at the room that I'm in now, which is my, well, it's my office. It's really the one and only room I have. And I would say the dimensions are probably, I think maybe 15 feet by, I don't know, 18 feet. I've got a little seat in here for people to sit at desk. I've got only one adjusting table. I could probably squeeze another one in if I had to, but I don't think I will. Now, when people come up the stairs, there is actually a waiting room that is not part of this room. So technically there's, it's two rooms, there's a waiting room, but you know, I can eat and I only do four shifts a week. So I have 10 clinic hours, 10 adjusting hours for people. And like 50 people in in that 10 hour time span for me is a, that's a no brainer. And when the, the expenses are only 1500 a month and I'm talking expenses, you know, to do with advertising and my CCO dues and all the different things that go into practice. I'm really only at about 1500 a month, but at 50 people a week and my average income per patient right now is $52. If you do the math, that is a lot of profit. And I'm telling you, my husband is loving having me back in practice again. Yeah. Um, when I started my second practice, my husband felt the same way. <laughs> he was really hesitant about me starting back into practice because in his mind, he was still thinking about the way I did things before. And I, and I was so certain, no, there's a different way I can do this now that I won't do it the way that I had done it before, at least not now, not then. And, um, he was really surprised. Yeah. He pleasantly surprised, um, when I was able to contribute more to our family and 
to be quite honest with you, when I stopped saying, I need money for groceries <laughs> and yeah. I could just go get them. He was like, so, um, this is like, you're, you're actually earning more money now. And I was like, yeah, I, I know. And this is why, because I knew that I could do it differently that next time around. Hey everyone, I'm popping in the middle of this episode on does a small practice necessarily mean small money? And I want to encourage you, if you have been thinking about a mastermind, or if you've been thinking about how can I grow my practice better in 2019, I would love for you to apply to one of our mastermind groups. We are now accepting applications for all three of our mastermind groups, the Inspired Women Mastermind, the Elevated Women Mastermind, and the Elite Women Mastermind. And the cutoff for applications for elite women is January 7th, 2019. The other ones will be starting a little bit later than that. So there is a little bit more time, but either way, go on over to alignwomen.com forward slash work with us and you'll find all the information you need there. You know, something else that came to my mind as I was listening to what you were sharing um, about motherhood changing things is that we can't plan for this, but unfortunately, sometimes motherhood really changes things in ways that we're not expecting. We just had two moms in our community have babies that came very early, like very early, life-threateningly early. And there was no way that they would have been anticipating that happening, but their practice then has to keep rolling without them because they're, they're now taking care of a baby who is in the hospital for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that, that's not worst case scenario even, but if, if a baby comes early or if you unfortunately lose a baby or you have a child that's born with an illness that you weren't planning for, if you have a practice that has really high expenses and you're locked into a really long lease, that just makes the whole thing even more stressful. But if you've got a lot of flexibility in your expenses and the expenses are low, then there's more flexibility and more freedom for you to be away from your business if you need to, to take care of your family. Yeah. So let's talk about that then for a minute, because, um, you know, there's a couple of different ways that you can, you can accomplish the idea of making sure that your practice cash flows, whether you're there or whether you're not there. And one of the things that we find ourselves telling a lot of people now is to seek out other women chiropractors who are basically in the same boat. Clearly there's a lot of us, right? And there are probably people in your town or close enough to your town. See if you can find another woman chiropractor who wants to begin to share share space and wants to, you know, you guys have coverage for each other. You have coverage if a child is sick. You have coverage if one of you wants to take a family vacation. That was one of the downsides of having Craig and I in practice together. It was awesome that, you know, if our kids had a PA day or one of the kids was sick, one of us would just stay home with the kids and the other would cover. But it wasn't very helpful when we went on a family vacation because we still had to close the office or get a locum in. So finding another woman chiropractor or a group of women chiropractor who are all in the same boat and just, you know, I think when it comes to that, sometimes we have to let go of some of the, what's the word I'm looking for? Some of the rigidness about how we see practice in order to be able to have the flexibility of having other people in the practice. So there are some things that you have to let go of and go, okay, it's maybe not the way I would do it, but we're sharing space and that's okay. Um, And the other thing is look for other practitioners. So other holistic practitioners, they don't even have to be holistic, I guess. Um, 
other people who can come in and just rent space from you. And not necessarily people that you have to manage. You can put them on a flat rate rent, but just people who will come into the space and you know month after month after month you're getting that paycheck from them. I always say aim to have your um, your office lease or your office mortgage covered by other practitioners in the building. And then everything on top of that is mostly just money in your pocket other than your, you know, your state dues or your chiropractic um, regulatory body dues and all the other things that you do to run your practice, like your accounting fees, your marketing fees, all that stuff. But the more people you can have covering your overhead and the more consistency you have in that, the easier it is if something happens that you have to just literally shut down for a while. Yes. Um, along that notes, there's what's called the 80-20 rule in life. It applies in business. It applies as well. And this is something that I'm just starting to explore more myself. But essentially, the rule tells us that 20% of the people in our business will bring in 80% of the revenue. But in chiropractic, the traditional model, at least, we totally ignore that because every person essentially brings in the same amount of revenue into our practice. If you have a, a, a self-pay practice, if you've got an insurance practice that can vary, but essentially there's still an average. Um, so the, the 80-20 rule tells us that we can look for other ways that we can serve the, the 20% of those people in our practice who are our diehard fans. Maybe it's not just with another service, but with a product, a way that you can replicate yourself, something that they're excited about and that's an easy yes for them so that you're generating more revenue in a different way and also serving those people who really want more from you. So give us an example of what you're referring to. Well, I had a conversation recently with um, a student, a chiropractic student who is nearing graduation in the next few weeks. And we talked a lot about this. She worked in the coffee industry before chiropractic school. And she is interested in um, not just offering chiropractic care, but also nutrition. However, she feels like she's gotten some pushback from people in her community about that, that she should just focus on chiropractic care. And I was like, well, listen, in the beginning, you probably should just focus on chiropractic care, really master your arts good good at bringing new patients into your practice know with a reasonable amount of certainty that you know what to do to bring in new patients if and when you choose to do that and then from there you can start incorporating other ways to serve the people who are your raving fans so think about this for the coffee industry starbucks starbucks doesn't just sell you coffee <laughs> they sell you mugs uh, you could buy a, a Starbucks t-shirt, I'm sure, if you wanted one. Um, they sell you the CD of the music that they play in their yeah. shop. They sell you food that goes along with their coffee, right? So yeah. you most people might just go into Starbucks to buy the coffee, but the really diehard Starbucks fans go and they go frequently and they also buy all the other things. So for her in this example, the other things could be her nutrition service. And this doesn't necessarily mean that she just offers it in a one-to-one -one model, but in a way that she can replicate herself. So maybe she has a nutrition program that allows her to teach her patients in a way that's taking her out of the one-to-one -one direct time with her patients. 
So it might mean a course or a book that she writes, something along those lines. Like this is all stuff I'm wrapping my mind around. (laughs) So I don't have a lot of great examples, although there are a few in our community of examples of women that that are doing this already. But it's um, yeah. I was thinking as you were talking about that, Liz Berg is a perfect example. So Dr. Elizabeth Berg has her Nourish Professional Program, and I just did her tongue tie module. It's fantastic. Like, it's amazing. And it's so funny because since I finished the module, all of a sudden I've had three people, not necessarily patient, one of them is a patient, but just two other people just in conversation who have talked about the fact that their babies had tongue ties. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen a, a baby with a tongue tie. They pro- I probably had them, but just didn't really even know to check for it. So that is a, it's a great way that she's added another whole stream of revenue into her practice by serving us other women chiropractors who want to serve a certain population of people. Yeah. Yeah. And Liz did this beautifully because she took something that she was passionate about teaching and blended it with what people wanted to know more from her about. So there's a sweet spot there, right? We don't want to create something that feels like drudgery or that we're not excited about. We want to be excited about whatever this other thing is. Mm -hmm. If you choose to go there. Yeah. And a lot of times it comes from your own struggles. So if you've had struggles, especially in the healthcare field with your kids, you probably have a product in there that other parents need. I think about in my own struggle with my daughter over the last year led me into finding out about genetic testing. And now it's something I offer in my office. So yeah, I never even really thought about that, but that's a whole other stream of income. I think of it in terms of chiropractic, it's all part of my practice, but really it's a whole other stream of income that I never had a year ago. So you probably, if you've experienced any kind of challenges in your family or with kids, you likely have something that you could turn into a whole other revenue stream. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the beauty of that is, you know, it, it helps to contribute to your air quotes here, bottom line, which in Profit First, the book, um, the author kind of argues about whether profit should be the bottom line or the top line or whatever, something yeah. in between. Um, but that's how we traditionally refer to it as the bottom line. Um, yeah, and you know, one other thing, since you're talking about Profit First, another big thing relating to this is just simply take a good look at every single expense you have and be a ninja about cutting out expenses. I guarantee you, if you are not, if you don't really have your thumb on every single bookkeeping journal entry that is made for you, you likely are paying for things twice. You likely have expenses that you look at and go, why do we even have that anymore? I remember Goldie once, Goldie Jacques Maines telling me, you know, I realized I had Spotify and I didn't really need it. So I just cut Spotify out. It's not a huge expense, but when you have enough, you know, 10 or 20 or hundred dollar expenses that you cut out, that makes a big difference over the course of a year. Absolutely. I used to have uh, a service that came and, and picked up the floor mat that was at our front door (laughs) of the practice I'm sure you've heard this story before, right? I love it. And the floor mat had our logo on it. So it looked really nice. And um, we would get a lot of leaves and like the dust from the leaves and stuff that came into the front door. So I thought, this is nice to have. Um, Every two weeks, they would come drop off another mat. It was like a duplicate of the same mat. So there were two. They would take the one that we had down previously, go clean it. And then two weeks later, drop that one off and pick up the dirty one. Really, we could have just vacuumed the floor every day. <laughs> but instead, I had this fancy floor mat that costs roughly $70 a month. 
it wasn't just that one thing though. I look back and I think, well, I had those floor mats and I had the water service and just, you know, the nickeling and diming essentially that goes on when you have a practice. It's funny how we think about our practice expenses differently than our personal expenses, because a lot of us are like, well, it's a business. We got to invest in the business, but really is it necessary? And if you weren't spending money on those extra things in your practice, you could be paying yourself more. And what would that mean to your family? So I was just thinking, if you can save yourself a hundred dollars a month in practice, you can have a hundred dollars a month now toward a cleaning lady in your house. (laughs) Right. Exactly. That would have been huge for me at that time to have diverted those funds from the floor mat to someone that helped me take care of the house because it was pitiful. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Shauna, before we wrap this episode up, are there any last points that you would like to share or reiterate for our audience? No, I think really the whole point that we wanted to do with this episode is just reiterate once again that there is no right or I guess there are wrong ways to do practice, but there's no one right way to do practice. And if you were only ever shown one model of practice and it was a practice that is really making you feel overwhelmed and stressed and financially burdened, I just want you to know that there are lots of women in this community who are doing things differently and doing them really, really well. So don't be afraid to think outside the box. Don't be afraid to ask for help, ask questions, see what other women are doing. If you haven't joined our free Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, then head on over to alignedwomen.com forward slash Mama Chiropractors and join the group and you'll see all the different ways people are practicing. It's amazing. Awesome. All right, ladies, thanks so much for being with us today. I hope that you found this episode helpful. Of course, if you did, then please share it with another friend and chiropractic who you think would also find benefit from listening as well. We will catch you back here next week for another new episode. Take care. Thank you for joining us today on the Aligned Women podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash mama chiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned Women Team group coaching membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women podcast.